In the future of 2020, a virus has taken over the world. It has changed our lives in every possible way. But over the horizon, two drifters appear. And they've come to town to tell you the tales of the worst of it. They call it shit show, Game of Rones. Yes, hello and welcome back to Shit Show colon Game of Rones. It is episode three. My name is Rig and I am joined as always by my life partner, but in a different way, Gus. Gus, how are you? Not a hugely different way. We spend a lot of time together. We're never on time to something that we've promised each other and uh, we buy flowers from the same place. That's true. That's very, which, yeah, we did see each other on Mother's Day, El Dia de Madre. Oh, God. So off-air, Rig was professing that after a year of learning Spanish, he's basically fluent. And as you can tell, (laughs) he lied to my face as usual. Another classic life partner move. (laughs) But no, we did run into each other on on Mother's Day and we actually had both gotten the same bouquet of flowers. (laughs) We had. Because they were... Let's set the scene. We're we're in the plaza and it is, I want to say, 3 p.m., on Mother's Day, oh, that's it tough. was late. I, I I feel like it was more a more a gentlemanly one thirty. Wow. in my version of events, <laughs> <laughs> and there there were a bunch of floral mercenaries set up in front of the uh, florist in the plaza there. Just wrapping flowers like mad. Absolutely, no. The uh, the uh, soldiers of fortune of the flower world. <laughs> <laughs> were absolutely <laughs> slinging daffodils left, yeah. right, and centre. It was just SEAL Team Six, but for flowers. It was mental. It was great. And basically, what they'd done is um, the the florists had said, "You know what? Uh, we're just going to go for it and uh, branch out from our storefront just onto the entire plaza floor." And the only person that was doing any new order taking, I think, was a twelve-year-old intern. <laughs> Yeah. Everything that she said was tinged with full-blown fear, so people oh. had not been kind to her. Yeah, it, w- it was fear, and then I think as the day wore on, it was sort of tinged with disgust, yeah. because she... Uh, f- for those people who don't know, usually you would go into a florist, there are pre-arranged bouquets, they're like, this is how much it costs, pay it or die, and then... The Jesus. Other, <laughs> and then the, uh, but the other way that they do it, especially on these big days of the year, is they're just like, what is your price range? So she goes, okay, what is your price range? And I'm like, I'm like shaking my head. I have no idea what flowers cost. Turns out the same price as gold. So (laughs) I'm just like, I go there and I'm just like, oh, 50 bucks. And she gives me this look as if like, so how much do you hate your mother? (laughs) It is definitely tulip madness. Uh, The the entire thing as well is that, so on Mother's Day, I basically um, said to Crackle, look, you tell me what dish you want to eat tonight and and I will procure it or make it for you. Um, she responds, I want the snapper pie from famous Sydney institution, The Boathouse. 
<laughs> to which my response is just keeping well that bar played. <laughs> well played crackle keeping that bar low absolutely so my thought was I will call Boathouse who should surely be doing takeaways uh, and get a pie nope closed <laughs> R.I.P. Boathouse <laughs> However, after trawling the internet, I found the recipe, which, speaking of gold, cost a million dollars. You know when you're reading a recipe and you're going, I have none of this. Yeah. Like, not, not just I need to go and get some onions, just none of these ingredients, I think, are available at a commercial supermarket. Oh, totally. And then sometimes you walk into a place or you're reading a list and you're like, what the fuck is saffron? I don't know. I don't like. I don't even think I've seen saffron in the flesh. <laughs> I think it's some kind of wild cassowary that needs to be shot on site. <laughs> Isn't that what they mean by wild saffron, as opposed to the domesticated saffron that we might be used to? Yeah, because that's the thing. You you certainly don't want any of that lazy home based saffron. <laughs> you want it frolicking the meadows. <laughs> Shot from a thousand paces unsuspectingly. <laughs> That's it. Saffron doesn't do well in captivity. It hates it. Dead set <laughs> fuck it hates it. Um, so anyway, I'm I'm out not only getting a uh, medium priced bouquet of flowers, but also <laughs> <laughs> starting starting from the absolute top of this pie. Um, turns out that I was missing not just all the ingredients, also a pie tin, which <laughs> became <laughs> The bane of my existence, because by the time I saw you, I'd been to four different places oh to try and find God. a pie tin, and then uh, you busted me in a homeware store. I did, yeah, screaming <laughs> at a Chinese <laughs> kid, asking him, "Did everyone in the fucking world decide to make a pie yesterday? <laughs> what do you mean you're out of pie tins?" <laughs> so, did you end up doing the whole uh, just the the pot pie? So, just over a bowl, like pastry over a bowl or something? No, I went around and went. Oh, to you found a tin. I, f- I found a tin. Yeah, uh, right. And and the pie was a was a great success. Uh, it was it took me five and a half hours. Oh god! Um, so by the time to- after I left you, I went and I sweated onions. I don't wish that on my worst enemy. <laughs> For anyone that hasn't sweated onions, yeah, it does make them taste sweet. But my god, <laughs> it is kind of like at what cost? Oh, totally, mate. The other week I made a fucking roux. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm doing it all. And sure, you might be thinking to yourself, what is a roux? And then me tell you that it's just a simple mixture of flour and oil. <laughs> uh, sure, it sounds, it sounds easy, but the term constantly whisking is one that I never want to see again no, in my life. No, any, any recipe as a general rule that says stir frequently for four hours can yeah. fuck off. Yeah. It, it, unless you're getting paid. That's basically it. If someone's paying you to do that, because that's a job. Yeah. That's not therapeutic cooking. No. That is dead set a job that requires recompense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, Mother's Day, actually, well, it sounds like it went off without a hitch, mate. I- I'm really surprised oh, that, 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 that you got the pie done because I have the worst habit of walking home or arriving at home from the supermarket and I've forgotten like the most basic thing. If I was out to make snapper pie, I'd get home and go... Oh, the fish. <laughs> <laughs> like I would live that would be me. Yeah, we uh we had an in- an incredible meal and um Crackle did not know how much the flowers cost until right now because <laughs> she is now listening to the podcast. Um, what? She listens now? Uh she listens because last week when there was a, oh, a, yes. a story at the top of the cast um which involved Crackle being uh 
drawn nude by uh, one of my parents. Um, if you <laughs> haven't heard that... <laughs> I love how you narrow it down to one of two possibilities. <laughs> what is that for? Anonymity? <laughs> oh, dear. Has your mum heard it? She hasn't spoken to me this week. <laughs> so Coincidence? Uh, look, da- dad listens. <laughs> mum calls it shit thing. <laughs> so I have a feeling that what's happened here is that dad has heard the cast, has then relayed to my mum that uh, the story was, was on the cast, but has probably, in the process of it, given it no context, and mum thinks that <laughs> I have dead set thrown her under a bus, <laughs> which uh, the record should show I did. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day, Mum. Anyway, uh, I have a bone to pick with you. Okay. So we're recording in, uh, in the my zombie the, the zombie apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> Correct. building. We are, we're recording at WeWork. And uh, you have been uh, set up at Al's desk. Yes. Who happens to be not only one of my employees, but also my sister-in-law. Yes. We all came back to work this week and y- started working from the office again instead of from home. Okay. Al walks in, gets in before me, and just sends me a picture. And I'm going to show you <laughs> what this is. For people listening at home... What Rig in is, the world is that? Rig is currently examining a large fingernail that was no sitting way. In, in the middle of the desk. So he, here's, my, <laughs> here's my question. During recording... I don't think that you, was me. I don't think that was me. That can't be me. I, I wouldn't do that I here. wanted to go into bat for you, but also didn't because I can't see who else it would have been. I don't have fingernails <laughs> as a star. Which <laughs> it's not, it's frightens not, me it's to no end. You just bite into <laughs> skin until it bleeds. Exactly, but uh, Al hadn't been here. Neither had Tina. It's just you sitting in that seat. It's obviously the cleaners at WeWork. That's the they, they, only They're sitting other down. Option. They want to hear... The best stories about medium-priced flowers, <laughs> and they know that they can <laughs> get the podcast here before anywhere else. So the the question here is, you're flat out denying it. I 100 percent am denying it. Also, Alan, why would you not talk to me about it? I, I think that she was uh, she was so disgusted that this <laughs> that this might have happened that in a moment of white hot rage. She uh she wanted answers and she but she didn't want to accuse you because she wanted me to accuse you. So now that we've done that and we've gone how down good the rabbit is, hole, how good is confrontation and <laughs> feedback? Thanks, Alan. <laughs> so now that we've gone down the rabbit hole, I believe you. So let's yeah. turn let's turn our gaze to the WeWork cleaning stuff. Oh yeah, big time. I think we should get one of them on the show <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> I know for a fact due to incredibly large amounts of debt <laughs> we work have stripped their staff base back to a single cleaner so we have one suspect in this wow a single cleaner wow we can get that person on this show and ask them whether they sat in the chair that you're in right now and trimmed their fingernails at the desk i think it will be an emphatic yes <laughs> if ah. if interrogation has taught me anything it is that people respond with emphatic <laughs> confirmation. <laughs> Did you cut this man up, put him into a garbage bag and throw him into a river? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see you took all your crack for the week today. <laughs> Fantastic, sir. Math for sale. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So, for, actually, finally, just before we jump in to the regular 
main dishes that we are serving up. I just wanted to give you a bit of a fan update. Go on. An update from, from our fans. No one needs fans. It's fucking cold. So... <laughs> It is so. A couple of a couple of weeks ago, we went out to the people and we said, "Hey, if uh, if you have any stories of people that you've worked that you work with that have been there for a ridiculous amount of time, remember when we had a chat about yes, this? Yes, I, I do. The that gold, was, that the was gold a tough watch chat to follow, but I'm with you. The gold watch chat. Yes, correct. So I actually did receive a couple from a few people because oh. I was just like, "What are the demeanors? What you know? What are these people like yeah. that have been there for?" Decades. We we call them lifers. Lifers, yeah. So we get this from a loyal listener of the show, Travis Moore. He says, Welcome back, guys. Great app. I work with a spray painter that has been here since doing his apprenticeship 34 years ago. Oh. And as you would expect, he is a miserable guy with a boring life. <laughs> Cry laugh emoji. <laughs> Keep up the great work and congrats on the baby, Gus. Ah, thanks, Trav. And and also, wow. That is just like walking into your workplace with a rocket launcher. <laughs> he has lit that guy right up. Three and a half decades. Yeah, you don't know the half of it. Here's one from Hamish Johnson. Uh-oh. Just listening to F1 of Game of Thrones and thought I'd tell you this story. I w- did work placement at a brush factory in 2012, like industrial brushes that are under vehicles. <laughs> yeah. Because I had to ask, I'm like, what are we talking about? Hair brushes, paint yeah. brushes? What are we talking about here? My question's exactly. So big industrial brushes. So I did work placement at a brush factory in 2012. Absolutely horrible place to be. Pulling levers for eight plus hours a day or watching plastic string go into a spool. <laughs> I, <laughs> I lasted two days. Shit was fucked. <laughs> that, I would love for that to be a one-star review of that place of work. What is it, glass door? The, that, no, uh, the a, workplace reviewing... Yeah, 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 that's past it. Past employees come through. 100%. Holy shit. Imagine reading that as the CEO of the brush factory. You're like, <laughs> I mean, nothing he said is incorrect, but I don't like his demeanour. <laughs> Just because a, it's true doesn't mean you should say it. He's not a brush man. <laughs> I could tell when you walked in here, Hamish, you weren't a brush man. You were never serious about brushes. <laughs> Hang up your brush and get the fuck out. <laughs> I reckon HR at that exit interview would have been like, well... This was tough to hear, but at the same time, at least I can leave early. <laughs> so I worked with a lady who had been there for 26 fucking years. Would not surprise me if she is still there. She had no hope left in her eyes. <laughs> there was also an <laughs> ex-con there who stabbed a guy. <laughs> Great place for kids to go. Cry oh, laugh my emoji. God. My God. How good. That is great. And and that's that's the thing. Mundane jobs also produce the greatest stories out oh, of no. people who are just they're, they're a like a blip in that company's history. They're there yeah. for three weeks or yeah. they're there for <laughs> two a, days. A, two two days. But two days in a factory or a business where everybody else is a dead set zombie, <laughs> is two years in a normal job. Oh, absolutely. It, it's like the third layer of Inception. <laughs> it's just like, this guy was watching String go into a spool for 16 hours, which, by the way, is 16 hours too long. Oh, my God. And that would have felt like 40 years. Oh. He was an old Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Do you remember the story about 
uh, when I was working at Billy Hyde's when I was 18. Billy Hyde's like the music... The, the music store. Yeah. Um, so basically, they opened one up in the in the inner west. Oh, I just yeah. Just moved out of home and they had, for some reason, decided that a good idea was to uh, have strings and woodwind and brass all being sold out of the same place, despite the fact that no one in the world plays all three <laughs> of those families of instruments. That's, um, so that's actually a funny thing, but I'll come back to that a bit later. But I don't know why I derailed you for no reason. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> Good friends stab each other in the front. <laughs> so, so anyway, there was a, I realised within about three minutes of working there that this was just going to be stories for days because as a start, as a new department... The bloke they'd hired to be the manager had uh, only sales experience in retail car manufacturing. <laughs> uh, there was no barcodes on anything, so every single product uh, we sold, he said, oh, just no. put it through as misc. Oh. So <laughs> when, it came, when it came to stock take, it was literally just <laughs> looking at three months of misc. <laughs> and then looking we've, at we've how sold much zero <laughs> saxophones, but <laughs> stock's in misc. <laughs> <laughs> going it's through the roof. We, all right, guys, another big week for MISC. <laughs> they are flying <laughs> out the door. But we got to move these saxophones. So the the low points, or I mean my high points, because uh, this all culminated in an incredible instance of uh, full-blown business fuckery. Um, basically, I decided after... Sp- Sling a few saxophones out the door that it was time to turn my hand to the strings. The <laughs> the holy grail of sales if you're a woodwind guy. Yeah. So this woman comes in with her five-year-old daughter and is like, we'd like to try a cello. And I'm like, of course you would. Get down a cello. I don't know anything about cellos. I certainly don't know how to play them. And she, I'm like, open the case, show her a cello. And she just sort of looks at me as I'm I'm describing all of the things about it, all false, and <laughs> just being like, as you can see by the intricate woodwork, it's like a three. Oh, I was wondering, like, how how false are your things? Like, invented by Charlemagne <laughs> in 855. This was uh, previously owned by a member of the royal family. It's available today for the princely sum of two ninety nine. Anyway, it's this piece of shit student cello. And uh, I've described all of these things that I have uh, realised in hindsight were all false. Um, And (laughs) then she just looks at me as I'm like, well, uh, what do you think, madam? Would you like to purchase this beautiful instrument? She's like, well, not without hearing it first. And without skipping a beat, I'm like, of course. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down with this cello. (laughs) I don't know how I thought it was going to go. But I, I grabbed the bow and in my head, I'm like, it's a cello. I just need to attach the bow to the strings. <laughs> <laughs> About 20 seconds of screaming. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> I don't manage to obtain a solid tone the entire time. Yeah. So I just stop gracefully put the bow down and look up at her, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, I didn't sell the cello. Okay. Uh, But this all culminated in the manager of the store uh, being hauled in along with the three of us who worked there uh, underneath him and yelled at by Mr. Hyde, who fucking owned the son of Billy Hyde, uh, who told us that 
this was this wasn't the way that uh, that he'd envisioned r- running a store, and that one of us had been stealing from him. Oh. And I knew full well that I hadn't, so I immediately turned on my coworkers and was like, "You rat fucks." <laughs> And so this was one of those exercises of let's see who blinks first. <laughs> Our manager all of a sudden just left. <laughs> We're like, oh what wow! The, what just happened? Turns out that he'd been stealing tubers. <laughs> now, now, if, if there's oh my god! If there is a more <laughs> that, that is the most cumbersome. <laughs> Fucking rev instrument I've ever heard. He'd just been pulling his station wagon up out of hours <laughs> and then lugging these $30,000 <laughs> fucking elephants down the stairs. There is no more conspicuous item oh my that God. you could steal. He may as well have stolen the whole building. He should, oh my God. He should have just, he should have done the, the Chinese food model of. Of quantity over quality, just steal flutes, man. Uh, what are you? What are you doing? Any, anything. Tubers. Yeah, piccolos. People will tiny. notice. People <laughs> will notice when that's gone. Also, he stole Steal five it. tubers. We only had five tubers, <laughs> so there was no tubers left at the end of it. This is what happens when you when you basically go great. Uh, should we interview people for these roles? Nah, let's just get that guy on the street. <laughs> he looks legit. So anyway, oh. so so I got uh, we all got fired. Um, oh wow! On on mass uh, because because you were part of we were a part tuba <laughs> stealing syndicate. <laughs> we were part of the racket, um, and the tuba crew. And I've never been happier to walk out the front doors because at eighteen I didn't know how to quit. So it was yeah. just one of those ones of like, oh my god, I don't have to work here anymore. <laughs> it's the greatest day of my life. Oh, good God. That is amazing. Right? Just insane. Oh, Jesus. That is so good. Please keep sending us your shitty dead-end job stories. Oh, yeah. If you're in it, if your brother's in it, if your mates mates are in in it, it, just it. Just send it it to us. Shitty intern stories, love those. If you've got any more tuba stories, please send those. My God. I actually ran into one of the guys who was working there at the time about uh, three weeks ago. Oh, wow. And it's like getting together. As an army vet, <laughs> he just sort of what he's walking down the road, shaking visibly. <laughs> okay, maybe not an army vet. <laughs> anyway, let's uh, dig into the to the first segment after quite a quite a long intro. Yeah, um, yeah, no, fair enough. We will get into Trainwreck Trophy, uh, but I did it last week and forgot the sting. So this week you should intro it and not forget the sting. Cool. Here's the sting. Wasn't too fucking hard, was it? Nope. You're a results guy. You get results. <laughs> okay. So let me just kick things off here. You're going to tell people what this is? Yep. It's Trainwreck Trophy. So here's my first one. <laughs> it's that kind of cast, is it? <laughs> uh, we've obviously taken a look at all the tropical train wrecks that have come through in the last week, and uh, we are going to just throw them off one each other. <laughs> one each other. It's one of those casts. <laughs> you idiot. Just start. So here we go. So there's a guy over in France um, who is a serial killer expert. <laughs> yep, there, there was an end to that sentence. <laughs> there's a guy in France. There, there once was a man in France. 
<laughs> so, uh, yeah, this guy is an author, a uh, serial killer expert, um, and basically his origin story is that his wife uh, was brutally murdered. And then he was bitten by a radioactive spider. Yep. And then he fought crime. <laughs> so he... French Spider-Man would be so weird. He'd be so lazy. <laughs> Just and using so web, webs to <laughs> pull baguettes off, a, off carts. <laughs> but also, if everyone, everyone's joked about like the coming out of the wrists factor for Spider-Man. French Spider-Man just comes out of his wrists. Those aren't webs. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he does. He walks around just jizzing at mistresses. The Green Goblin is tearing down half of Paris because... French Spider-Man can't <laughs> keep it in his pants. <laughs> so we, yeah, there, there's this guy. His name is, oh man, this is going to be hard for me. Stéphane Bergouin. That's pretty close. That's not bad. I think that's, that's, that's five out yeah, of ten. Okay. Well. <laughs> not, it's not a fail. Like no. you, you, you get to go to the next year, but yeah, you're not getting an award. Okay, fair. I've got my, my yellow ribbon. So this guy, he yeah, his wife is brutally murdered and then over the next couple of decades, he trains with the FBI. Um, he interviews Charles Manson and plays professional soccer for the Parisian team Red Star, which I'd never heard of because in my mind, the French soccer league contains Paris Saint-Germain and no one else. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's what happens in his life. Uh, but the reason he's in the news is because he's just like, I may have embellished some things. Oh, dear. This always comes back to bite authors. And this is a guy who's written 40 crime books. Oh, what? He has interviewed more than 70 serial killers. And he's just like, okay, look, I might have stretched the truth. And they're like, about what? And he's like, everything. Oh, no. He had never trained with the FBI. He had never played professional soccer for Red Star. He had never interviewed Charles Manson. His poor wife didn't exist, Gus. Oh. He didn't even have a wife. <laughs> How wasn't this picked up? I have no idea. These things are all, in today's day and age, so easily researchable. I have no idea how you could get away with it for, for that long. I am... <laughs> Did he never, ever talk about this to anyone that knew him, or is he a recluse? I don't know. He, he said he, he confessed his lies were driven by his desire to be popular. Sure, uh, I get that. <laughs> but it's very, <laughs> it's, very, it's very high school. <laughs> That's not high school. That's psychotic. Which is, yeah, it, it, it's bizarre. He, he's just, just like, I've reached the moment of coming clean. My lies have weighed me down. Sometimes I make films in my head. Look, I get it. I was a teenager during dial-up internet. I know how to make films in my head. <laughs> what I'm saying, though, is that you can't just make shit up and put it and send it to print. You can't. You certainly can. It, it, we do it every week. But hilariously, uh, the amount, the, the lack of fact checking that goes on in the entire world is that's the, that's the rise, especially over, on this show. Correct. Um, so it it is again one of those things of I look at this guy and go, okay. I would get it if it was just one thing, yeah. but it's never one thing. It's no. like the stories about the uh, the child porn uh, USB where it's like 400,000 images. It's like no one ever has one image where oh, they get busted. Yeah. It's like once he started lying and the first lie was fucking enormous. Which was huge. Had, Had no you, wife, lied about having a wife, then lied that she was brutally murdered. 
because who's going to find out that she wasn't because she never existed? That's that's what? insane. I, that can't be the gateway lie. The gateway lie, like, it must have just been Soccer? like one day. So- Soccer's the popularity lie, surely. Well, I, I thought it, well, I don't know. Maybe it was even, maybe it was even smaller than that. Maybe he was, you know, down getting a croissant and, oh you know, God. the person has just gone, did I give you your change? And he was like, no. <laughs> even though he did receive the change, neck minute. So how's the day going? Good. I mean, not good. My wife was brutally murdered by a serial killer. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> merci. See you tomorrow. Uh, au revoir, mes amis. <laughs> and then next minute, he <laughs> is a very well-published author full of lies. Um, yeah, the gateway crimes surely uh, somewhere in the vicinity of a, of a white lie that went wrong. But also, gee, there's some jump-off points here. Yeah, it's bizarre. I don't know how. I, again, I just I don't get how how all of that works. <laughs> all right. So, speaking of criminals, mine is my first one is effectively a modern Hansel and Gretel story. And by Hansel and Gretel story, I mean the story of three guys in Florida who held up a <laughs> pharmacy and then got busted because they left a trail of pill bottles all the way to their house. <laughs> so. <laughs> I was like, where is the Hansel and Gretel <laughs> analogy? <laughs> no joke. So these guys, uh, they hit a pharmacy. Um, 5 a.m. They wore blue surgical gloves so they wouldn't leave prints. Smart. <laughs> thought ahead. Very well done, lads. Uh, the detectives would later review the surveillance, however, and see that they had cased the joint the day before. Didn't matter, wearing masks, blue surgical gloves again. So far, nailing it. (laughs) However, when they made off with 10,000 pills in white garbage bags that contained opioids with a street value of $320,000, they decided that it was a really good idea to start ditching the pill bottles out the window of the car. So they were pouring the pills into the white garbage bags and throwing them out the window of the car as they drove. Now, if you think about 10,000 pill bottles, (laughs) they're emptying them, at my guess, one every five seconds. So it's effectively a pure trail of pill bottles from the pharmacy all the way to their driveway. So, wait. I I mean, are we talking like they are going through the pills and being like, nope, don't want that one, chuck it out? Or is it just a thing of like... I'm bored on this 15-minute car ride home. I'm just going to chuck pills out the window. Uh, it appears that it's the latter, which <laughs> is <laughs> just... <laughs> I spy ain't got shit on this. <laughs> so, anyway, the uh, the cops rock up, see the pill bottles that start in the driveway of the pharmacy, follow them in the car, Good get to God. a house, and then they <laughs> rock up, knock on the door, and immediately arrest these blokes. Then they have a look at the guy's cell phone. Uh, he's got a video of the suspects in the same room as the bed strewn with pills and clear plastic baggies. Then it shows them handling a white garbage bag near the pills, the exact same type of bag that was seen in the uh, video footage yeah. from the pharmacy. Then there's a video of them saying, take that, you pharmacy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone? Flipping the bird to the pharmacy that you can see as they disappear into the distance. So, that all then (laughs) just culminates in uh, the issue that 
one of these blokes gets off scot free because what? so there's three there's three guys yeah two of them get charged yeah one of them who uh, the other two guys are like yeah he he was involved um, gets off scot free because he's the guy behind the camera and his face is never implicated and there's none of his prints on anything so they're like. Yeah, fuck it. We'll just take you two. We'll take the two idiots that are on film. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bloke who was forced to take fucking Snapchat stories all night. <laughs> Go about your life, buddy. Yeah, crime boyfriends of Instagram <laughs> gets off. How <laughs> ah, good. You got another one? Yeah, mate. So uh, there's, a, there's a woman over in London. Her name is Julia Wensley, 58 years old. Hello, Julia. Hello, Julia. Uh, so she goes out to get her groceries, sort of day to day. Big Rones rules everything around us. So she's walking around and people just shout at her on the street. Just shout at her all the time. Keep your distance. Keep your distance. She is moving around trying to, you know, be near a shop when it opens. But people are like getting the fucking queue. Like people being really full on. And she is just having such a hard time just doing general everyday things. Why? She is legally blind. Oh, no. People are cussing <laughs> out <laughs> how is legally this? blind people. <laughs> how is this becoming the uh, hotbed of blind people being wronged? Oh, it's two eps in a row. It is ridiculous how this keeps happening. I mean, there's some bad stuff out there. I mean, I'm sure you heard about the thing about the, the young uh, Asian Australian girls in Marrickville who were like verbally abused by some methed up bogan. Oh, fuck. But I, uh, I, I assume, unfortunately, that that happens every day, which is a, oh, yeah. a, an indictment oh. on how racist Australia is. Oh, yeah, it sucks. But just the, the fact that like people are like, get in the fucking line, get in the queue, keep your distance, you're walking too fast, whatever. It's like, wouldn't you think the fucking cane is a, is a <laughs> giveaway? Like, <laughs> just be a normal person, for God's sake. God, that's bad. That is gross. Um, I told you about how I uh, I joined the Rose Bay Vaucluse Double Bay Community Facebook group after you finding out absolute that, wanker <laughs> that, that they were the hotbed of COVID oh. to troll people. <laughs> <laughs> and good friend of the show Gemma Trotsky is uh, is on there, and it's just insane how different an inner west community uh, Facebook group is to the eastern suburbs. People are just not having a bar of wow. either being forced to stay indoors or anybody being outdoors. That, <laughs> that's it. Like, they're in two very <laughs> distinct camps and everybody's entitled. Yes. And so people will post daily being like, just call the cops on a group of kids that were outside on their bikes. And then there's <laughs> 400 comments and it'll be split oh into God. the camps of, you're doing the Lord's work here. <laughs> <laughs> Govinda Einstein. Or you are an absolute piece of human garbage. <laughs> Kill yourself. <laughs> like the eastern suburbs is not fine. There is no actual community. It's just people who have inherited old money <laughs> and have decided oh, to live yeah. on the water. <laughs> Big time. You got another one? Yeah. I've, uh, so as people would know, uh, if you're listening to this um, as it's released, then the restrictions are starting to ease on, yeah. uh, on restaurants and bars. Um, in Sydney, as of today, you yeah. can uh, you can go to a restaurant and uh, with nine other people and sit in a vast room and be waited on hand and foot for <laughs> oh, a yeah. million dollars. Um, so this raises the question, which is exactly that: How weird is it going to be when you have ten people in a room that's supposed to seat two hundred? Yeah. Um, 
there is a restaurant in uh, the States that has decided that there is a novel way to fix this problem. <laughs> it's a three Michelin starred restaurant in Virginia. And, uh, they, really? They will be, yeah. There's I, a three Michelin starred restaurant in Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, I, that's the story. Good night. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. We'll be back next week. Yep, that's the comedy. Yeah. Oh, that's that's it. On point. Um, so they've decided that they're they're opening for, for dinner from the 29th of May. Um, and they'll start welcoming guests for <laughs> for a full banquet menu. Yeah. The only issue is that there is <laughs> incredibly low capacity under the new regulations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so their plan is that to make diners feel at home and like they're not sitting in the middle of a gigantic ballroom <laughs> by themselves... <laughs> cavern. ...they will uh, set all of the tables at full capacity and place clothed mannequins in the chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Which... <laughs> not just mannequins, but <laughs> mannequins decked out in vintage 1940s outfits <laughs> for no reason. Why? For no reason at all. And <laughs> we're going to post some of these pics <laughs> of, of them. They've done a photo shoot with the mannequins. You're kidding. <laughs> no, dead set. It looks like a combination of a Thunderbird sketch <laughs> and <laughs> the outtakes from the Paris Hilton movie House, House of, of Wax. Wax. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it sounded like in my head. I'm like, who, who would want to go in for dinner on the set of House of Wax? There, there is no part of me that would ever, for any reason, do this. No, I would not die. I'm fucking scared of mannequins at the best of times. I'm not, I'm not sitting amongst them like some kind of mannequin food ready yeah. to be feasted upon. <laughs> I, I'm not scared of mannequins, but even that would freak me the fuck out. Oh, it's. This photo shoot is so bizarre. It's like stylized, but everybody is in 40s garb. <laughs> There's some bloke wearing a boater on one knee. I'm like, oh, like proposing. Proposing what? To, to some chick who's just eyeballing the camera. Are they are they adding like ambient noises from the 1940s? <laughs> like what like what else do they do? Just like general murmuring? <laughs> no, it's just uh, some guy in the background. <laughs> I would like a hand in marriage, Dolores. <laughs> <laughs> News just in. The crowds are advancing. Stop. <laughs> oh, God. And what a wonderful time we live in. Segregation is alive and well here in Virginia. <laughs> it's, it's like these mannequins are not high-end. You can see a crease line, a seam that runs underneath the chin like a skin strap. Well, that's, that's pretty normal. I have one. <laughs> I remember when you were returned from the factory. <laughs> I was like, this one is far, far too talkative. <laughs> Wind its personality back. I just watched Westworld. <laughs> oh, and I think that is all that we... Have in the in the chamber. The bullets bullets have been expended, shot into the comedic atmosphere, hitting nothing but mannequins and <laughs> <laughs> pill throwing idiot thieves from Florida. Um, so every week we're uh, doing a shout out for the hospitality industry, which we is are. at the moment on its knees a bit um, as a result of the pandemic. And so we're doing anything that we can to uh, get around our mates in that particular industry. And this week, we're looking at the we, union. We are. We're looking at the Union Hotel in Newtown. 
They've got a bunch of stuff going on at the moment. They are operating. They're doing craft beers, if you're into that. I know I definitely am. Uh, going straight into 500 mil cannibals is what they call them. <laughs> uh, not even a thing. That's an industry-wide term. So... You can also get mixed six-packs. You get 15% off. There's over 200 beers to choose from. Also, as you just told me, uh, they are doing cocktails through the front door of the pub for the criminally low price of $12. I say criminally low because I assume that it is some kind of a front. <laughs> I honestly don't know how you would survive with $12 <laughs> cocktails. I think I can't even make a cocktail at home for twelve <laughs> less than $12. Look, we've been over this. Nothing you make at home will ever be cheaper than going out. No. <laughs> Exactly. They're also doing food seven days a week, including an absolute banger lamb roast with all the trimmings and a bottle of wine of your choosing. Well, actually, don't think it's your oh choosing. God, I think don't that, say that. I won't say that. But and a, and a bottle of wine for fifty bucks. Yep. So that's that's a great uh, two person sit down. You know, in the comfort of your own home, it's banging. Yeah, absolutely. You heard it here first. The Union Hotel is doing a fifty dollar lamb roast and a bottle of Grange for fifty dollars. <laughs> That's it. All the trimmings, a 1998 <laughs> bottle of Grange. Please call them and make sure that you hold them to this. <laughs> no, no, no. So lamb roast, trimmings, bottle of wine, <laughs> asterisk, <laughs> for 50 bucks. It's a banger. Yeah, absolutely. So head on to the Union in Newtown and keep local alive. Fantastic. So let's move into our last segment of the ep, which yes. is a throwback to a segment we introduced a few episodes ago. <laughs> it is uh, one of Rig's personal favourites. It is dubbed Iso Horny, Yes. We, <laughs> we look at the incredibly scurrilous landscape of <laughs> online dating in the times of uh, coronavirus. Absolutely. So you've been inundated with the stories and anecdotes uh, of our listeners on on uh, online dating apps. And not only is it that, it's just general me being on the mug slider every day, <laughs> just <laughs> getting RSI in my thumb. <laughs> because some of these bios are just bangers, but I've got to start off at the top with a submission from a good friend of the show, Brandon Vanderwall, which... Brand Van. <laughs> yeah, I... It, it, he did say, this is from my mate. I don't know whether that's because he's married, Brandon, or something like that. But just need to put that in there. He's like, from a mate. I'm Hel like, okay. Hello to the venerable Mrs. Vanderwall, <laughs> who is a loyal listener of the show. <laughs> yeah. So this one, uh, obviously not going to use names or ages, but... Uh, I, it's I've from Brandon Vanderwall. <laughs> 35. Uh, no, so... The gr uh, what I've done is this week I've uh, th there are a lot of funny women out there and and they're there on are, there, there are, are a lot of funny women in the world and they're on yeah they absolutely are and they a lot of them are on Tinder and they have just put together some fantastic jokes and turns of phrase which yep. I'm going to feature this week this first one I'm grown but not grown grown like I know how to ride dick but no idea how tax works. <laughs> God. <laughs> I actually don't know either of those things. <laughs> I love that. Have you got have you got anything because I know that so you you are um you obviously have uh, some female employees. One is famously married and your sister-in-law who loves the we work cleaners fingernails. But the other is a younger lady who is named Tina and she obviously is getting a bunch of stuff. She's young and, and she's on these things. 
Well, I mean, yeah, she is, she is single and thus uh, on the app. Yep, I, I don't know why I sounded I don't know why like that became so weird, like <laughs> Mr. Burns in high school. Like, how do you do, fellow kids? <laughs> she, she went why full, am I t- <laughs> full Steve Buscemi on that? <laughs> anyway, yeah, she uh, she is, and uh, it turns out that uh, as we always suspected, blokes are the worst. <laughs> um, so a lot of these aren't really that fit for uh, <laughs> public sum- consumption. consumption. It's mostly just guys being real weird. All comes with a health warning, yeah, does it? Yeah, for sure. But uh, but she's flicked me through a couple. This one's uh, just <laughs> a guy in Speedos looking down oh. the barrel of the camera <laughs> wearing sweatbands staring, oh my pointing <laughs> down the barrel of the camera. And uh, it just says, let's self-isolate together, then has all of his social handles. Jesus. Yeah. Sounds like a YouTube video converted into a Tinder profile. Make sure to like and subscribe. <laughs> it's not It's not great. And, uh, and I, I don't know. I don't know how he does. We should, we should reach out to uh, Liam27 from Sydney. <laughs> what I want to do is I want to hear from the women who listen to this show, Speedos. If someone wears Speedo, because this is a thing that has seen a bit of resurgence on me. I know a lot of people, usually from the North Shore, who who are wearing Speedos. You own a pair of Speedos. I just want to figure out, are budgies something that you look at as a woman on a man and go, oh, yeah, that's confidence? Or is it one of those things where it's like, yuck, I don't need to see that? (laughs) I think that in... I would have thought... 99 times out of a... 99 situations out of 100... uh, they are not good. Mm. It's a, it's it's definitely definitely a huge throwback, and I think that uh, a spe- for me, uh, I look at it and go as a a very well follicled man. <laughs> I am constantly wearing a hair suit, uh, and the <laughs> the concept of uh, wearing budgies as a choice, not for some kind of an international diving competition, <laughs> seems to be problematic. Oh, I, I know, but there is an image of you and Crackle together where you are wearing Speedos, and I assume you did this at your brother's behest. I think your brother wears Speedos legitimately, and you were just wearing it to be a nice brother. <laughs> it, this is basically how it goes. If you have put most of your time on Earth into your rig, you wear budgies. <laughs> or if you are over 60 and give zero fucks... You wear My budgies. dad. <laughs> That's it. Those are the two groups that wear budgies. And yes, I was wearing the, at the behest of my brother who was trying to win a competition uh, to win some money from budgie smugglers. Oh. Uh, and so I got, I'm pretty sure I got short conned into wearing budgies uh, so that next to him uh, he looked better, <laughs> uh, which is a big troll oh, for yeah. my younger brother. Well, it still haunts my dreams. So anyway... <laughs> This is this is another one. I really love this wordplay. If your Uncle Jack helped you off a horse, would you help your Uncle Jack off a horse? <laughs> <laughs> that is the new age. How much wood does a woodchuck chuck? <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, I've got, got one here that got sent in by uh, one of our female listeners. Uh, it is Ben24. The bio, nothing much. We'll give you dick and attention. No strings attached. Text me and I'll be there. I will be your toy boy. Wow. Ford. Honest. 
there is 10 points for honesty and zero points for delivery. <laughs> and zero right swipes. Oh, for sure. Oh, good God. Um, I, I did I did see something just before, uh, because I know that you've got, you've got a couple. Yeah. Um, I saw something which I think we need to talk about. Yeah. Which is a story... Um, about a company that is getting a lot of traction and selling a lot of units. Um, and it is not the... Uh, Bluetooth sex machine? <laughs> it is not the Optimus Prime uh, self-jacker. <laughs> that, that we piston. That we looked at last week. Um, instead, it is for people going on virtual dates. And it is for women, it is a breast enlargement that you put underneath your shirt so that you make a better impression during your virtual date. And for blokes, it is basically a muscle suit that you put on (laughs) that has a six-pack and biceps that goes on under a shirt. And people are buying this. No way. Yes, 100%. The virtual date breast enlargements have a five-star rating. Good God. (laughs) People are snapping them up. They're about 65 bucks, and I just go, when restrictions are lifted and people have uh, (laughs) thought that they're in turn talking to Mr. Universe (laughs) or Pamela Anderson, (laughs) and the two of them rock up and go, your personality's just a little worse now. (laughs) I don't know what it is. Is... Is this a huge problem? Like, is Yeah, I mean, is it just like, oh, so you're saying it was just the tits? <laughs> ah, I mean, it helped a lot. <laughs> For sure. But isn't there an age-old thing with online dating where uh, people complain about the pics not matching the person that rocks up? Yeah, so this was a thing that I had to deal with when I set up my accounts because I didn't you want to... You have aged terribly. Yeah. I agree. And yeah. I apologise to any of your past lovers. Oh, man. They, I already apologise enough to them <laughs> post-coitus. <laughs> It's, you know, it's it's a tough thing, right? Because when I was looking to set up my accounts, I was like, I'm, I made a moral decision. I'm like, I'm not going to put old pics up there. Yep. But a lot of people do. Mm. So a lot of people put up old pics where they're like thinner or they're like in better shape. And then you rock up and you're like, well, <laughs> this is disappointing. <laughs> I looked at the menu before I came and... <laughs> it, Far worse in person. And I want nothing. <laughs> nothing. I'm not eating tonight. Um, what What is the statute of limitations on pics? I would love to hear from listeners. As I would to love what to hear because I, I don't know because I have a photo of me which I, ra- I, I rather like, but it's five years old. So I can't... I think that's I much. can't in good conscience put that in. And my hair's different as well. So I'm like, I, I can't in good conscience do that. <sighs> I, think, I think if you've changed appearance, that, that's enough. Like... Yeah. And, and that's tough because it's like, oh, if you changed hair colour, etc. Yeah. I, I don't think that's it. It's like five years is heaps. It's a long time. It's a long time. Then again, my face and body has been perpetually 30 since I was 17. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. I, don't, I think that you are not our test case here. <laughs> no. Because you aged fast and early. Fast and early, but I will forever remain this age. Thank you. <laughs> For this oily skin, mum and dad. I'm being preserved like a fucking mummy. Your natural formaldehyde just replaces this sweat. I'm just secreting it all the time. So how's this? I love this. This is short, it's sweet, and fuck, it hits the mark. If you find a better match, I'll beat it by 10%. That is great. Oh, I am all about that. What a great bio. That's so good, and it's so simple. 
Yeah, well, I'm, I'm out of bullets, mate. What do you got? So here's the last one. Here's, here's the final one for you. This is great. Call me Cameron Bancroft because I want to tamper with your balls. <laughs> so this, this, so much has been accomplished with that one thing, right? Great wordplay. Yes. Sexually forward. Absolutely. Knowledge of like cricket. sports, yes. And it's just like, for those of you who are into cricket, i.e. not me, then <laughs> you will love this lady. Oh, that's so good. That's, <laughs> that's so very, very good. Uh, okay, so just as a as a final call out, yes, if you have an opinion on how old a photo can be before it is misleading, <laughs> a story from Tinder, yes, a bio you've seen that you thought was amazing, yep, or terrible, yep, have you ever been on an online date? Are you old and were once young? <laughs> Do you look different from you did before? Continue. Send us a thing. (laughs) Are you older than 60 and wearing budgies? (laughs) No, we just want the under 60s wearing budgies because we want to ask you why. Okay, yeah. I want to know for anybody who wears budgies. But like earnestly. Yes. Like this is... Like not joke wear, not like your mate's bucks, but legitimately wear it earnestly. The test would be if we asked your mates what you wear to the beach, they would immediately, without hesitation, say budgies. Yeah. That's what we want to hear from those people. Exactly. We want to we want to hear from people who are legitimately wearing dick togs. And yes. finally, if you have any great work stories, we want to hear those too. <laughs> Where are you going to send them? You're going to send them to us via Instagram, Gus and Rig at G U S A N D R I G. You can send it to us uh, via our shit show page on Facebook, just shit show or one word on Facebook. Or you can send us anything meatier to our email at shitshow.au at gmail.com. Fantastic. And uh, just before we go, uh, Tina, how old can a photo be uh, of, of a bloke uh, before it's misleading? So if he's posted a photo of him from a year ago, is that okay? Yeah, a year ago is fine. What about five years ago? There we go, Rig. Five years. Heaps too much, buddy. <laughs> to be fair enough, that is a quarter of Tina's life. So, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> on that note, that's all we got. That's all guys. we got. Thanks, guys.